God prepares us in different ways. You see, I know that, that you've probably had some really great teaching on what it means to be bold and, and, and all of that and how boldness gives you confidence to do things. But I want to tell you something. I believe in, I believe in being bold for Jesus. I want to be bold like Peter was bold. You know, at, on the day of Pentecost, when he walked out of that upper room and, and began to preach and 3,000 people were saved. I, I want to be bold like Peter when he stepped out of the boat. Are you serious? I want to be that bold. I want to be bold like Paul and Silas who were kneeling down in a prison and they just decide, okay, watch this. We're going to start worshiping. And we're just going to be bold enough not to keep our mouths shut in the worst conditions, under the worst circumstances. And as they worshiped, the hinges came off the doors. People got saved. And they walked out. I want to be bold like that. Does anybody want to be bold like that? Me too. The Holy Spirit allows us to be bold. The Holy Spirit in me. You know, I just finished a teaching on the Holy Spirit. And so this is kind of in me right now. Because so many people know about the Holy Spirit. So many people talk about the Holy Spirit. But the, but the bottom line, but, but see, here's what they, they don't, they don't want to get in a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because they don't see the Holy Spirit as a person. They see him as a wind or a water or a this or a that. Let me just tell you something. The Holy Spirit is a person. And he, listen, he is fully God. He is fully God. The Old Testament was the work of the Father. The New Testament was the work of the Son. And you and I live in a time of the working of the Holy Spirit. And that's how we should be operating. Let me tell you something. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you get bold. You can get really bold. Can I tell you a real quick story? Every, every year I go to Haiti. We have a mission in Haiti we have, that we support. And we have churches out in the jungle. We have orphanages. We feed about 3,000 kids every day. Orphanages in the jungle. We have churches we dig wells. We dig wells out because when you dig a well, you're in charge. When you have water, you're in charge. And so what we do is we go dig a well and then we put a pastor over the church in charge of the well. And guess what they get every time they come to the well? They don't just get the living water from the well, but they get the living water of the Spirit. Well, I was in Haiti a couple of years ago. And listen, I haven't always been a bold person either. You know, sometimes you get faced with something that just is scary. I was sitting, we had just come out of the jungle. We had done a five-day medical mission in the jungle where you see every kind of sickness and disease and malady and infirmity that you can imagine. And, and... And you also see so many miracles. These little kids that come up, they've been run over by a car or a, or a motorcycle or something. And there's no, there's no hospital. And so they just put them in a room and hope, hope they live. 
and these kids come up with, with legs that are backwards and all these crazy things, man. And, and uh, we, were, we had just come out of the jungle where we had prayed for all these children and all these, all these Haitians that were just, and you don't have to announce that you're coming. I mean, when you show up, thousands of people come out of the jungle. You don't know where they're coming from. Like, where do you live? And the truth is, they live in a tree or under one. And I, I'll never forget, we had just come out of the jungle and enjoyed such a powerful mission and giving kids inoculations and medicines and praying for them and seeing miracles and stuff. And we were on our way back to Haiti for me to go home. <clears throat> and you know, when you're with a Haitian, when you're with a missionary, they know where to stop and eat, right? Because you don't just stop anywhere. You know, you have to go to a restaurant that they checked out already. And, it's, and restaurant is a, is a loose word, okay? We pulled over to the side of the road and there was a couple of posts in the ground, and that was the restaurant, okay? And right on the other side of those posts was the ocean. And so what they would do is, every day, they'd send a boat out and catch whatever was available, and then they came back, and that's what was on the menu, right? And so this particular day, I was sitting there, and they had two things on the menu, lobster or frog. How many of you would go for lobster? Okay, for a buck and a half, I got a lobster about that big. That's not what I want to tell you, though. What I want to tell you was I was sitting in that restaurant, and there was a French couple sitting next to us. I knew they were French because they were speaking French. And in the middle of her lunch or dinner or whatever it was, <clears throat> she fell flat on the floor. Her eyes rolled back in her head. She turned blue, and her husband started screaming for a physician. She was cold stone dead. She wasn't breathing. She had no pulse. She was gone. It scared me. How many of you know that it would scare you too? I, there was no physician. There was no, we, were, we were on the edge of the jungle. This lady was about to die if she wasn't already dead. And so I just jumped out of my chair, went over and grabbed her hand. And I said, Jesus, don't take this one yet. And when I said that, it scared the fool out of me. She, her eyes popped open. She started breathing and she started crying. And she jumped up to her feet and she hugged me. And, and I'm like, wow, this stuff really works. Wow. But you see, if I hadn't have fought through the fear, if I hadn't have fought through the fear, then she may be dead today. Not because of me, but because the Holy Spirit that lives in me wanted to, she, she, it was not necessary for her to die today. I said, Jesus, don't take her today. Now, there's going to be a time, I'm sure, when she's going to pass, old age, I hope. But it wasn't that day. She jumped up. She hugged me. She was crying. Her husband was hugging me and crying. And I'm like, this is awesome. This is how it's supposed to be. You see, 
my desire for you today is for you to get so hungry for the Holy Spirit to work through you that you'll fight through whatever the fear is. That you'll fight through whatever the fear is. So many people, just like us, don't ever reach their dream. Don't ever step out of the boat. Don't ever try something new. Don't ever, don't ever work on a relationship because they just are fearful. And they're not willing to fight through the fear. Listen, how many of you have ever been afraid of something? I mean, come on, everybody in the room. I've been afraid before in my life. And there's been many times that I've had to back down because, because I wasn't bold enough. But I want you to know something. When I begin to rely on the Holy Spirit, when, I, when, my, when my voice, when my language begin to change and start saying, Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, teach me. Holy Spirit, move into this. Holy Spirit, I need a divine intersection right here. Holy Spirit, come with me today when I'm going to this meeting because I don't have a clue what to say and I'm fearful, but I have, if you'll fight through the fear, the Holy Spirit will do a miracle for you. He will. He just will. And he's not weird. I have so many friends of mine that love Jesus and they love God, but they reject the benefits of the Spirit. Let me just tell you something. You don't just reject the benefits of the Spirit when you do that. You're rejecting God when you do that. He is God. Don't live your life fearful of what God wants to give you and do through you. Am I speaking to anybody? Okay, remember what I said a little while ago. Okay, pastor, that's all right. Listen, the most important person on the earth today is the Holy Spirit. Not that, not that I don't believe in God and Jesus and all that stuff, but I, want you, I just, in case you didn't know, Jesus is sitting on the right hand of the Father. Okay, and you know what he's doing? He's making intercession for you and I. He's calling our name out because when the enemy wants to instill fear in us and, and drag our sorry selves into the courtroom of heaven to accuse us, we have an advocate. His name is Jesus Christ the righteous. And he has already declared you not guilty. Not guilty. Don't let him drag you into that courtroom. Just remind him before you get there, I ain't scared. You don't have nothing, you don't have anything on me. I live under the blood of Jesus. I have been bought by a perfect sacrifice. I don't need to put up with your mess. But you see, his num the number one weapon of the enemy is fear. The number one weapon. And the number one way we combat that as believers through the Holy Spirit is by faith. Let your faith begin. You see, when we have faith, we are showing God our love for Him. The Bible says without faith it's impossible to please God. God wants us to love Him by showing Him our faith. And the Bible says perfect love. What does it say? Perfect love casts out all fear. 
not some, all. Right? He's fully God. He's the same. He is the alos. You know what that means, right? He's the, another of the same kind. That's what Jesus said. I'm sending you another comforter. N- another means another of the same kind. Just like me. Just as powerful as me. Here's the difference. I didn't get to finish what I wanted to do yet. Well, wait a minute, pastor. He said it was finished on the cross. His part was finished. But it's not finished until you and I walk through the gospel on this planet and get as many people saved as we can. And the only way, what a great plan. I mean, best multi-level marketing plan I ever read. What a great plan. I'm going to decide that to become a spirit that the Bible says will dwell with me and be in me. Isn't that cool? Why? Because you have a purpose. You have gifts. You know, we get confused a lot of time. The Bible says that the gifts and calling are without repentance. That, but we use... Sometimes we put an S on callings. Let me just tell you something. There ain't no S on any calling in the Bible. We are all called to do the same thing. Jesus said, I'm going to send you out to make disciples of all nations. Now, the gifts are what he gives us individually that make us unique in our personality and all of those kinds of things so that when we decide to be a lawyer or an accountant or any of those kinds of things, then what we are doing creates an anointing to be able to serve him that way. Okay, that was a real good time to say, that's right, Pastor. Are you sure this is Tribe Church? I'm kidding. He's a comforter. He's sent to dwell. He's sent to convert us into a tabernacle, a place that transforms us into the image of God. He is the divine inspector. I don't know about you guys, but do y'all watch any of the HGTV shows? Like, what's the lady in Waco? Joanna Gaines. (sighs) Isn't she awesome? Is it just me? Or do every one of these contractors that rebuild houses, are they just stupid to know that there's going to be a $25,000 surprise? That just makes for good TV, I guess. Like, oh, look what we found. You know, the the bathroom's upside down. Oh, we didn't catch that in the inspection. I mean, really? The Holy Spirit is a divine inspector. See, when he comes to live inside of us, you know, it's kind of funny. He's He's the great renovator. He wants to make you a habitable place. Uh, You know, sometimes I wonder, it's like, if I was the Holy Spirit, I'd be like, really? You want me to live in this? This is is what you want me to live in, God? Does that put it in a little perspective for you? You see, there's a big difference between salvation and conversion, right? You understand that, right? Conversion is a process. Conversion is something when the Holy Spirit moves in, He begins to change stuff. 
he begins to remodel things. He starts moving walls. He starts eliminating some cracks and some bad wiring and some leaky roofs and all that kind of stuff. And he gets all that stuff straightened out. Why? Because he wants you to be the most effective tabernacle available. Because you have gifts. You've been, de- there's stuff been deposited in you that's never been deposited in anybody else. And without you, we are less. The kingdom of God is limping without you and your fullness of the gifts of the Spirit operating through you. Dispelling fear everywhere you go. When you walk in the room, it ought to be peaceful. Listen, next time you walk into the room, just walk in like this. I dare anybody, I dare anybody in the room to be anti-Christ. God's called you. What did he say? Jesus said he was supposed to be a peacemaker, right? He's supposed to be a peacemaker. He said, you're a son of God when you're a peacemaker, right? I want to be a son of God. You want to be a son of God, a daughter of God. You want to be a peacemaker. Why? Because we got too many peace fakers, right? We got too many peace, peace fakers. See, if you let him, he will heal you of your old man issues. <laughs> I, I want to just tell you this funny story. Right after I got saved, well, let me sit back up. Like the day before I got saved and there beyond, I could cuss a blue streak with the best drunk sailor. I could. I would cuss. I would, call, I would tell you about your genealogy. Uh, your mama was not off limits to me. I mean, I was, I was not cool. And then I got saved. And in the middle of my salvation experience, I got delivered from alcoholism. And in the middle, yeah, God's good. God's good. And then, and then in, the, in the week or two after, you know, I'm just, I'm just on cloud nine. How many of you ever felt that way when you, right after you got saved, you feel clean, you feel good, man, things are going your way. And, and I remember going to the restroom and I walked into the stall and I shut the, the door on my finger. Now, two weeks prior to that, I would have said, you sorry, no good. Right? Nobody knows what I'm talking about. Y'all are all holy and righteous up in her. Come on. Let's get real. And, and, and so I, shoved the, I shut the door on my finger. And to my surprise, I said, oh, that hurt, Jesus. What did you do with him? It was so funny, I started laughing. It was like, really? That's awesome. And so, I mean, I knew that something was changing. Some of my old man issues were changing. Man, I got, I got I to gotta hurry up. I got to hurry up. Holy Spirit is a divine inspector. The Holy Spirit is your, you know, the Holy Spirit is talked about as having all knowledge. He's just like Jesus. He's all knowledge, right? 
and, and, uh, and, and since he lives inside of me, he's able to speak to me, right? Through, he has wisdom and all, all. You know what? You, have, you know what the word conscience is? You, you know what the, do you know what it means? Conscience, with science, with understanding. That's what the word conscience means. Do you know that when the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, that you are never without understanding if you ask for it? Pretty good, huh? That's worth the price of admission right there. With science. The Bible says he's the convincer of sin. The Bible uses the word convictor, but it's the same as convincer, okay? He convinces us of our sinful nature. He convinces us of righteousness so that we need a Savior. He convinces us of judgment so that we know that he judges sin and we don't have to be judged if we give our life to him, right? That's just a little tidbit on the side for you. He showed up in mass during the Feast of Pentecost and began to use believers to build his church. That should be a little lesson for us, shouldn't it? We complain about our churches. We complain about the world. By the way, this is an awesome crowd for Labor Day. You guys should give yourselves a hand. What time is, is the barbecue? I just, I got a day and a half. I can eat a lot of food, as you can tell. This is a precedent. When Jesus told the disciples to go to Jerusalem and wait, go to Jerusalem and wait till you be endued with power. He didn't say go to Jerusalem and wait for authority. He said wait for power. They already had authority. You and I already have authority, but it's only after the Spirit of God comes on us and that we, that we have that experience of a fire in our bones that lights on us, it's only then that we have the power. Let me just tell you, the devil doesn't give a rip about your authority. He doesn't. You can show the devil your badge all day long, and he'll just laugh at you. But when you show him the 357 on your hip, I'm just saying, exousia is great, but dunamis is awesome. I got to skip some stuff. I want you to see this. Turn to, turn to John chapter 20. And we're going to read verses 19 and 20. One, two, just 20 and one, two, 20 and one, two, whatever that is. All right. It's on the screen. Now listen, this is Jesus. This is really cool. This is Jesus appearing to the disciples on Easter evening. He's been raised from the dead, and on that same day, that's where, that's where we are, on the same day that he was raised from the dead, that's Easter Sunday, he goes on a quest looking for the disciples. And where are these mighty men of God? Hiding. Let's read it. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled, why? Because they were scared. They looked at this whole process and said, you know what? We're going to be guilty by association, and they're going to do the same thing to us that they did to Jesus. We better hide. 
for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst. Now listen, they were already scared, and this dude walks through the wall. I mean, there's nothing peaceful about that. And so, you know, look what he says. He says, so Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, peace be with you. Right. I'm going to be peaceful. I just saw a man walk through a wall. And I'm scared that I'm going to do, like, okay, like, am I going to be able to walk through a wall? Do I have to go through the same stuff you did to be able to do? I mean, what's the deal? Right? You did say these things shall you do in greater, right? I mean, I remember you saying that. Then the disciples, and, and when he had said this, he showed him his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Oh, okay, it's just you, Jesus. That's pretty awesome. And Jesus said to them again, peace to you. From being peace with you to peace to you. Now, I want you to get this. Were they afraid? Were they afraid? Were they fearful? Let's, let's see what he did next. Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them. Check it out. Check it out. He breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. There's a connection, folks. You see, the world wants to keep you scared. And afraid. Jesus said, as the Father sent me. How did the Father send him? He came with a message. He came with a gift. He came with a purpose. He came with a, he came with a, a target on humanity. And he said, the same way that you, the Father sent me, I'm sending you. But you can't do it if you're huddled up and afraid of dying. And so I'm going to give you something to combat that. I'm going to breathe on you. And the Holy Spirit is going, to come, is going to come on you. And now when you face fear. When you face the persecution. You may face crucifixion. Now the Holy Spirit is going to breathe on you. And the same way that I dealt with it. You're going to deal with it. Because I'm no longer dead. Check me out. I mean, that's pretty good, right? That's pretty good stuff. As the Father sent me, I send you into the battlefield. Go and win the nations and be bold for him. And the only way you can be bold for him is have the Spirit of God working inside of you so that when circumstances raise, when circumstances confront, when circumstances look bad, you become the light of the world. You know, you know, when Jesus was here, he said, I'm the light of the world. You know what he said when he left? You were the light of the world. It changed. It flipped. I'm the light of the world. So now I'm going to change, and I'm going to put the Spirit of God inside of you. So you got a nice glow about you. You don't have to be fearful. You can be bold. We used to sing that old song. How many of you remember? Be bold, 
Be strong, for the Lord thy God is with you. See, there's no, but three people in this room that remember that. <clears throat> it's because there's only three people that went to Assembly of God Church in here, I think. I don't know. That was an old song. Okay, so that didn't go over well. <clears throat> Fear is paralyzing. See, a spirit baptism will empower you to be peaceful and empower you to inject peace. He said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Peacemaker doesn't ignore conflict or negative circumstances. A peacemaker doesn't just say, I'm praying for you. A peace faker does. A peace faker does. Well, you ever, you ever talk to somebody and say, well, I'll pr I'm, I'm praying for you. Baloney, you went to the McDonald's. A peacemaker doesn't count, calculate personal gain by relationships. A peacemaker doesn't pray without impacting the person. A peacemaker does it by, not by power, by, by might, but by spirit, says the Lord, right? See, when, you're, when you have a spirit baptism, it will dispel fear and relationships become more important than religion. Listen, can we find things to divide us? Can we? I mean, we can. We could all make a list. Everybody in this room could make a list of things of why you either shouldn't be a Christian or why you shouldn't be at this church or why you shouldn't be in your marriage or why you shouldn't have this relationship. We could all, or, or why you don't believe something in the Bible. I mean, come on, really? Do we really want to dwell on what divides us? Or do we dwell, want to dwell on what unites us? I, I just have this picture of the people in the room on the day of Pentecost. And by the way, let's don't give the Holy Spirit a, a, a bad rap. His gifts aren't Pentecostal. That's something that man has done. That's something that man has done because it came on the Feast of Pentecost. We call them Pentecostal. Let me just tell you something. Well... I better be careful. This ain't my church. Y'all can sweep up after I leave. <laughs> Too many people put the benefits or the standards of the Holy Spirit in a bucket. And let me just tell you something. That's legalism. So if your idea of Pentecostal is no makeup and short hair, or no hair, I mean, hair piled up on your head and long skirts and all that kind of stuff. I get that. I came, I came from that, so I get that. Um, that's, that's not who the Holy Spirit is, okay? That's not who the Holy Spirit is. We, uh, we want the benefit. Instead of saying, instead of, instead of saying people that, have you received the, the gifts of the Spirit or the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence? Evidence? Listen, when I, every time I hear the word evidence, it requires a judge. I'm serious. So, so if we use the term evidence, that means somebody's got a judge. 
Now, are you going to judge? Who's going to judge? Are you good enough to judge? Are you good enough to judge? Who's judging? Who's the judge here? There ain't but one. How about this? How about the Holy Spirit's benefits? How about let's change the evidence to benefits? You get to speak in tongues. You get the word of wisdom. You get to be used by the Holy Spirit to pray for somebody, and the dead rises. That's the, that's the benefit. Let me just tell you something. Fear will keep you in a huddle. Fear will put you behind locked doors. Fear will keep you from stepping out of the boat. Fear will cause you to, to not do that thing that God has put in you as a dream for you. The fear of man. Listen, Abraham wasn't all that. He lied on his wife twice because of the fear of man. How much time do I have? Y'all get out at two, right? Okay, I'm going to end. When you're filled with the Spirit, reconciliation is more important than restitution. When you're filled with the Spirit, discussions don't divide us. I get a picture of that room. I'm going to end with this. I get a picture of that room on the day of Pentecost with all these 120 people in there. And I want you to know something. They weren't there. The Bible says they were in one accord, but they weren't all in agreement. Listen to me. Because Mary and Peter were in the same room. I mean, she's looking down the row at Peter going like, you threw my son under the bus. They're not, they're not in agreement. They are in one accord. Let me just tell you something, folks. They were there for one reason. The one reason was we want the Spirit of God. And we were told to come here and, it would, and it, we would be baptized. We would wait for the power of the Holy Spirit. They didn't know what it was. They didn't know what endued with power meant. They didn't know that the Holy Spirit was going to fall on them. And that, the, and that from that day forward, the church of Jesus was going to be birthed into something that looked like this all over the world. They didn't know that. But what they knew, what they knew was that there was a Spirit of God and that He was going to empower them to reach people. Come on, folks. Listen, I don't know about you, but the times aren't brighter. The times aren't brighter aren't brighter we need some people like you to walk in the room we need some folks like you that are called to be peacemakers we need some folks like you that are not going to let fear override their and be ruled by emotion when a, when confrontation comes or when tough times come we need some holy spirit people that will stand up and preach the gospel and work the gifts that god has given you and live a life that is holy and acceptable unto him it's time. Okay, if you were waiting, if you're waiting, like, okay, I've been, I've been waiting. I've been waiting. I'm just, 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 this is me waiting. Okay, the wait is over. I'm giving you permission from this day forward to talk to the Holy Spirit. And the next time you're fearful about something, say, shh, whoo, God, Holy Spirit. You're going to do a little of that. And you're going to do a little pressing in. And you're going to ask the Holy Spirit, which way do I turn? 
What direction do I go? What decision do I make? And he's going to tell you. You know what I love about the Holy Spirit? Listen, this is, this is something that I learned just not too long ago, really. The Holy Spirit prays for us, and he prays for us. Did you get that? He prays for us because he's my intercessor. And then he prays for us because he knows what to pray. He knows what to say. I want you to get one thing today when we, as we close. Don't let fear hold you back. Let the power of God, just like that, that day when Jesus walked through the wall and said, peace be to you. Now, go win a world of people. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you, Father, in the name of Jesus. We thank you that perfect love casts out all fear. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that we don't have to live feared, afraid, or fearful. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you've come to live inside of us. And that because you do, that we can dispel fear. We can become the peacemakers. We can become the light in the room. Lord, I pray for divine intervention in every person's life this week. That when they're confronted with something that may be confusing or chaotic, that the first thing out of their mouth would say, Holy Spirit, tell me what to do. Holy Spirit, speak to me. Holy Spirit, help me because I'm a little afraid about this. I'm not sure. Holy Spirit, speak. I want you to know that he's ready, he's willing, and he's able to speak to you. Some of you are going through fearful things right now. Some of you tomorrow have to make decisions that could change your life. Some of you have, are, are, are fighting for your marriage. Some of you are, are fighting to keep your children alive. Some of you are, are dealing with sickness and you're afraid that, that it's going gonna, it's gonna to overtake you. In the name of Jesus, I cast that fear down and out. And by the power of the Word of God, Spirit of God, fill them with faith. Fill them with faith. And we'll give you the praise for every testimony that's built, for every word of encouragement that's received, for every triumph in our lives. We'll give you the praise for that in Jesus' name. If you believe that, give God some praise.